And welcome everybody to episode 5 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Suplex of the Month Club. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. And this podcast is available on Wrestle Addict Radio across all social media platforms. Listen to us, like, share, subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes. Our podcast is available from all the apps from Amazon to whatever starts with the letter Z. Uh, buy our merch on on Teespring. Follow our Patreon page for only five bucks a month. And speaking of merch, this month on Teespring, everybody has the opportunity to get 15% off. Not just Patreon members. So if you use the code WAR15OVER on our Teespring store, just search for WrestleAtic Radio on Teespring, you get... That discount, consider that our Christmas present to you folks. And you get clothing and t-shirts and sweaters and tapestries and face masks from all of the personalities on Russell Attic Radio, including myself, the Kings of the Rings collection with King Ricky Rose, the Queen Bee K. Murphy, Willie T, the YLP collection with Zach himself, and I cannot forget Mance, the Delight Show collection. So please consider buying our merch, and if you want 15% off, now is your time to do it. The code WAR15OVER. Speaking of our Patreon, I'll have a special announcement regarding a Patreon show at the end of this. So stay tuned. This Sunday, we are on the road to war games and uh yeah i'm gonna be predicting that i will be reviewing the first war games from 2017 so also stay tuned for that my fave five is not wrestling themed this week and you're just gonna have to find out after this segment what that is going to entail as well and of course my game changer of the week i cannot forget that this game changer of the week is well yeah, he is indeed a game changer. Spoiler alert, kind of. This week, NXT, I'm just going to glaze over it and then begin to predict the card for uh, this Sunday's uh, War Games. I'm sorry, War Games! This is the last time I'm going to do it, I swear. Uh, started off with a tribute to Pat Patterson, who passed away on Wednesday. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, man, just an absolute pioneer in wrestling, you know, came up with the Royal Rumble concept, the first ever intercontinental champion. A lot of people were bringing up his alleged controversies, but on the day the man dies, that's that's not the time to do it. That's that's not cool. So rest in peace, Pat Patterson, forever a stooge. Uh, you know, I've been going back through the uh, the Attitude Era, namely twenty years ago, twenty bell salute on Patreon, and just going through some of that stuff. Like this year, I watched his. Oh, the hardcore evening gown match with Gerald Briscoe, though that was a tough watch. Patterson hammed it up. And, you know, he was he was awesome. I'll miss him. He was, what, 79? Yeah, God bless him. Anyways, now, this week's NXT uh, gave us the ladder, another ladder match for the advantage for insert team here. Uh, Team Shotzi is getting the advantage because the final member of Team Shotzi has been revealed to predictably be Io Shirai, the women's champion. She doesn't have a contender for the show, so why not get involved Get involved in the match here? Uh, Legato del Fantasma, which I believe was re- represented by Raul Mendoza and the Cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar, were going up against Damian Priest and Leon Ruff. Uh, that was a fun match there. Leon Ruff, he's being treated like the, the Crash Holly, like the little guy. But for those of you who've watched Evolve, and I'm looking directly at you, Kings of the Rings podcast, you know what this guy's made of. You know, I'm not. I think I watched a couple of the Evolve specials, namely the ones that have been on the WWE Network. I'm going to get into that again in the future. But yet you had the Reckoning, and you had a really nice uh, D'Lo Brown-inspired frog splash by Leon Ruff. There was an undisputed era, like really nice undisputed era vignette. They were just sitting in this little fancy restaurant, kind of reflecting back on everything 
and just talking about how they're going to beat up uh, McAfee. August Gray, you know, Anthony Green. Uh, I do not like that name, August Gray, but I guess I just finished listening to Kings of the Rings. So, K, Mix Murphy, Fanny Pack, Fanny Packs are now up to you. Well, and Michael PSAs. Do, do, do. Cameron Grimes uh, beat beat August in a quick match with the cave in. This, of course, is setting up their strap, his strap match with Dexter Loomis. Mind games and chasing afterwards. Jake Atlas and Tony Nice had an absolute banger. You know, uh, Jake Atlas finally getting a big win under his belt from a former cruiserweight champion who won the belt at WrestleMania last year. Yeah, last year. It was in New York. He's a Long Island boy, I think. Please correct me on that, uh, Long Island residence. Yeah, Jake Atlas, that awesome cartwheel DDT. He's basically talking about how he's now going to be going after the Cruiserweight Championship, although he'll have to get in line because Kurt Stallion, another Evolve standout, will be will be next. Uh, McAfee, he, he plays a little bit of heely-facey here. First, he pays tribute to, to Pat Patterson. Then he goes ripping into the Undisputed Era. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Heel promo. Music. Undisputed Era. Chase away. Blah, blah, blah. The returning Grizzled Young Vets have a match with Everrise that uh, doesn't get started because Imperion's Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner came out and the feed switched over to NXT UK for about two minutes. Uh, man, that tag division in NXT is getting good. We have a match that between the two teams that goes into uh, a no contest. Uh, Everrise going like, Everrise rules! So they're both auto from The Simpsons. Timothy Thatcher having a fat, Thatcher's Thatch can, say that ten times fast, little uh, deal here with somebody, and Champa comes in like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, and his student, I don't know who his student was, but his student tried to jump Champa, and this of course is setting up a match between them at at TakeOver, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez have a ladder match for the advantage for the show and i already talked about how io shirai came out for that now this sunday's war games of course at the P at the uh cwc capital wrestling center the performance center in orlando florida team shotzi represented by shotzi blackheart ember moon rare ripley and io shirai going up against team candace of candace Lorray, dakota kai raquel gonzalez and tony storm in the in the women's war games match and I'm just going to have th throw, a, throw a hat here and just say that uh, Team Candice is going to win this. It's going to set up whomever go is going to be Io Shirai's next contender, which I actually predict will be Candice. I think Candice is going to be the next champion, maybe by the end of the year, maybe at Gen... If they do another takeover in January, unless they do another uh, Worlds Collide, which I'd be all for on Rumble Weekend. That was really awesome. going to go back and revisit that someday. So yeah, Team, Team Candice is going to win here. Uh, the other War Games match with the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy Strong, and Bobby Fish going up against uh, Pat McAfee's Kings of NXT. Uh, good thing they didn't call him the Kings of Wrestling because I think Chris Hero and uh, Claudio Castagnoli, you know, Cesaro, would have something to say about that. And I think that this is where Pat McAfee finally gets his comeuppance again. I know we've been seeing blokes in scream masks getting involved with a whole bunch of stuff throughout this show i think even i don't know how injured he still is but i'm thinking maybe one of the masked people might wind up being carrying cross might not make much sense but that's not the only thing that can come into my mind i was thinking tyler bait but one of those guys was a little too tall to be tyler bait anyways Undisputed Era is just going to just murder Pat McAfee for for the finishing fall here. We thought that air raid crash by Champa last year was the death nail. No, Adam Cole is going to outdo himself here and do like a tombstone off the top of the cage onto steel steps. Shout out to Will Terrashock for that one. <laughs> no, it's going to be him have an insane spot and finish. McAfee, I got to give him credit. I mean, like, I don't understand football but you know kings of the rings were kind of making fun of a punter being so athletic i don't get it i mean i'm a hockey guy 
So, <laughs> yeah, it, f fun stuff here. Undisputed Era with the win, with an insane bump. Maybe a Panama Sunrise off the cage or something like that. Triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Leon Ruff, the champion, defending against Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. Two former champions in their own right. And, you know, they're treating Leon Ruff like, like the underdog, like, you know, the Crash Holly, Spike Dudley. But he is a more than credible opponent in the ring, which you should absolutely check out his stuff. If Kings of the Rings recommends it, I'm going to recommend it as well. He's Leon Ruff is great here. I think he might retain, although I'm leaning more towards uh, Gargano getting a sneaky Healy win and Priest winning it back at WrestleMania TakeOver or something. So, you know what? Sought it. I'm going for Gargano. Strat match, Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. I mean, Dexter Loomis. I mean, this has been all the mind games coming off of the uh, House of Horrors match, which was absolutely hilarious. Check out that on the Fretzelmania archives. What's that on? Yeah, that was the first Fretzelmania podcast was was that match. Yeah, Loomis is going to get the win here, and I think eventually Loomis is going to get the North American Championship. Had it not been for his injury in, in the summer, he would be that... I, I think he'd be the champion right now. And in the, the last match that's been announced, I don't know if there's going to be any more because TakeOver is usually a tight two, two and a half hours. Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, there's a lot of things we can see in this match. I mean, you know, Kushida and Velveteen Dream have had their their qualms with Champa, so either of them could get involved in the finish here. Thatcher is just Thatcher's a beast. I mean, this this guy who wrestled, I think he wrestled in like Dub X Dub, maybe Evolve, maybe out. Uh, he he wrestles like like a British strong style kind of guy, but he's an American man. I'm my heart says my heart wants timothy thatcher to win this match i you know champa i think he, he's in that you know that uncle role in nxt like you know the, the watchful kind of veteran grizzled old veteran kind of guy who could put people over a win for him would be nice but you know what yeah i'm gonna go for timothy thatcher here and yep that's there's there's the war games it's gonna be this sunday so you know yeah, get get comfy, get in your comfy chair, throw on the network, and have a good time. It's on at the same time as Tribute to the Troops. I did not know they were still doing that. Uh, where are they going to do this? This is probably taped after Raw and SmackDown one day, and they're just going to whip something together and have like a America, if yeah, kind of moment, which, yeah, I'm, I'm up here in Canada. I'm watching everything going on down there. It's like, it's been a rough year for the States to say the least. So, you know, my heart goes out to y'all. Uh, but hey, troops, okay, you know, my cousin served in the military. I have friends who have been in the military. So yeah, good, good on you. AEW was last night and, you know, I got home from work around 8.30. So I missed uh, whatever the first match was, which I think was the Diamond Battle Royal. I don't know who won that. Might've been Orange Cassidy. But I decided to throw on Dynamite Live because I wanted to see Omega versus Moxley. I didn't want to find out on Twitter what happened. And I'm glad I watched it live. NXT was good. I watched it after. But holy shnikes. I mean, we had two big moments. There was a, you know, Team Taz was laying out uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Darby Allen. The lights go out and all this snow and ominous organ music came out and i didn't clue into who it was until i saw the crow and literally like the second after you know the crow appeared on the on the tron you saw sting and i'm not gonna lie i marked out i was like holy shit this is crazy uh, i hope sting never is never in the ring he's maybe like a coach or like a gm kind of role or a mentor kind of role I know his last matches in WWE didn't really go the way that he wanted. You know, he's basically forced into retirement. You know, buckle bomb, accidents happen. People are like, oh, Seth Rollins is dangerous. He's a piece of crap. No, accidents happen. I mean, look at Draws and D'Lo Brown. They never had beef after Draws got freaking paralyzed from a, a powerbomb slip up by D'Lo. 
it ate away at him for years. But, you know, Draws is like, nah, we're cool, man. Just tell my, tell my wife I love her. Call my wife, that kind of thing. So, yeah, he, he came out. He chased away Team Taz. He had the bat. And that made me think for a second. Chris Jericho has been running around with a baseball bat lately. Are we going to get that match? No. I mean, I love Sting. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for him because growing up, I was a WWE guy. Although, I watched WCW Saturday Night before Hockey Night in Canada almost every week for a couple of years. I watched Nitro when it was on replay, like TSN. And ironically, this station that's carrying AEW used to carry WWE and WCW. Nitro would be on Wednesday nights. I'd put that on. And yeah, Sting is all elite. And that's huge. He's got a multi-year contract. He's 61, 62, 63, something like that years old. He's older than Taker. And I just hope this doesn't become like a Goldberg and Saudi situation. You know, I, I shared a meme last night that thankfully didn't get enough traction, but I stole it from somebody else who did. But it was like, you know, a picture of Goldberg. WWE sucks for bringing in old guys. And then Sting comes on AEW. Yay, Sting! AEW! AEW! Hey, I marked out. But again, let's not... Uh, Let's not ignore the hypocrisy here. Anyways, you know, Sting, awesome, awesome stuff. And the main event, Omega and Mox put on a banger of a match that had some big-time intrigue. You know, Impact's Don Callis, Cyrus the Virus, uh, the Interrogator. No, that was Kurgan. Uh, whatever you want, whatever you want to call him. What was his name in WWE? Was it Cyrus? Anyways, <laughs> yeah, he comes out for commentary because you know he's been a uncle-like figure in Kenny's life for most for most of Kenny's life. He's known Kenny since he was a kid, since Kenny was playing hockey in Winnipeg. Shout out to you, uh, WJets420, um, and everyone else. Uh, go Leafs, but I like the Jets. Not the New York Jets. <laughs> Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Winnipeg, you idiot! Little controversial-ish finish here. Um, you know, Mox hit the, the Dirty Deeds, the Paradigm Shift, Onto some heaters on the outside, but it looked more like a double underhook suplex into these big standing heaters. Uh, Florida in December, I don't know if you need heaters. Uh, I was just outside for a walk myself, and it was about zero Celsius, maybe minus five snow on the ground. Yeah, that's maybe when you can put on the heaters, but F Florida don't know what winter is. <laughs> and yeah, uh, controversial finish here and then you know the doctors come out thinking like oh geez are we gonna have a fiend seth rollins situation on our hands here no but you know mox is like you know finish this match don Callis is grabbing the mic no he's hurt he's hurt no he's hurt uh mike slips into the ring mike shot blade job by mox but about six v triggers in a row in the one winged angel and then kenny omega is the new aew champion which I'll drink to that. I'm, I'm all for that. My goodness, that was awesome. And then Omega and uh, and Cyrus there, they, they start running away to their car. It's like, oh, you want to know what this is all about? Find out this Tuesday. But, but, Impact, Impact's on Tuesday. Uh, we're on Wednesday. So then right after that, the... Twitter, including myself, of course, was running rampant with all these fantasy booking deals and the fact that Impact, NWA, you know, the women's champion Thunder Rosa, and AEW are all working together. Like, AEW, Impact, and NWA walk into Rivera Steakhouse in New Japan yeah, then maybe we might be getting a bit of New Japan action there as well. Wow. And, you know, after that, I jumped on uh, J-Bone Smash This Podcast, who's a, actually a former member of WrestleLatic Radio, and rant, I think on rant with the Rant With Ant days, I was jumping on his uh, live stream, as I usually would do on a Wednesday night, and weird, all of us in the chat, we're just going off. Like, I kept saying Sue Young versus Abaddon, yeah, yeah, 
I put that thought in your head now. Okay. And and everything else, just uh, you know, go on YouTube and watch uh, watch J Bone smash this podcast. He's he's a good brother. He's really well done. He he does some stuff with total nonstop impact. So some people I think who are involved with it. I think he's done podcasts with Vince Russo, which is I think how Vince Russo followed me on Twitter. I'm not joking, by the way. So that was uh, you know this week in the wrestling. Shout out if you know that podcast. Uh, Cultaholic. <laughs> so right now here, I'm going back into the Wayback Machine. This is War Games 2017, and this time there's going to be no, uh, yeah, you know, uh, pop culture history because it was only three years ago. I don't even know what was in movie theaters in 2017. I think it might have been Last Jedi, but I digress. And this took place on November 18th, 2017 in Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center with the tagline, Houston, we have a war games. Oh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that just slipped <laughs> slipped out there. And we had commentators, Moore Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness, and Percy Watson. Ooh, that's a good one. Dark matches that were taped for NXT TV were Ruby Wright defeating Sonya Deville and Pete Dunne retaining the UK Championship against Johnny Gargano. Opening match, Lars Sullivan versus Cassius Ono, aka Chris Hero. This was just a quick nothing squash match, squash match to get uh, Lars over. I think this might have been Lars's NXT debut or at least his takeover debut and he wins uh but a quick 10-minute squash here with the freak accident. I think he hit like the Bam Bam Bigelow flying headbutt in this match too but honestly i skipped this one or i was just starting to make food for for this one uh we have alistair black versus velveteen dream you know everything that fades to black must come into the light and this is all about you know alistair black and and velveteen's feud like the whole say my name thing where dream is demanding respect from Alistair, who's supposed to be this quiet, stoic, assassin-type wrestler, and Velveteen, who is your your over-the-top, garish, loud outfits, mind games kind of guy. And this feud was absolutely outrageous. I loved the mind games. I loved every every takeover that Dream did. He would have some kind of inside joke or some kind of mind games type of thing on his tights. Whether it was Call Me Up Vince or the Mountie and the Toronto Raptors cheerleaders or or something else here. I loved his his Rick Rude inspired airbrush tights with which had both Dream and Black on them. And, they, and he's saying to... to uh, black during the match you know the ring mic picks up they know my name they all know my name they're chanting velveteen this is when velveteen dream was mega over and considered like one of the next big things in professional wrestling until well well you know the speaking out movement kind of halted that just a little bit and in this match here we had an octopus hold by by black turning turning velveteen into a human fretzel Pretzels, pretzel, pretzels, say that 10 times fast, patent pending. Makes me want to make up a batch of pretzels, pretzels, but I don't have any dough in the house. Yes, I'm a cheater. I use Pillsbury, Pillsbury refrigerated pizza dough for pretzels, pretzels, occasionally. So there's a spot here, you know, of course we know Aleister Black likes to sit in the ring, his legs crossed, sit there silently, and then trying to do mind games, kind of like how... Velveteen has been doing to Black in the past. He gets a little bit of taste of his own medicine, but then Velveteen decides to join him, both sitting cross-legged on the ground like they're about uh, to endure story time in kindergarten. And we see Alistair doing Velveteen's pose here for more mind games. We see fake-outs. There's a super kick by Velveteen. You know, one, two, two count. Sweet! You know what? I kind of miss crowds i'm i'm not gonna lie here <laughs> yeah there's a rude awakening so ah this is where you're getting the rick rude stuff from okay now now i'm intrigued here there's a 
a Dream Valley driver and that wicked spinning DDT that Dream does. And then, you know, that's not enough to put to put Alistair away. And then out of nowhere, like an RKO, boom, Black Mass, one, two, three, Alistair wins here and he gets the microphone. And after this hard-fought contest, one of the best matches of 2017, I think, he just says, Enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream. He said his name, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was just great, great stuff here. Uh, in the crowd is Finn, Funaki, and Asuka setting up the women's championship match. Uh, Kari Sane, Ember Moon, Peyton Royce, and Nikki Cross for the now vacant women's championship after a historic 500 plus day reign as champion. William Regal is like, you know what? I'm accepting invitations and and uh, applications from Raw and SmackDown for Oscar to go. So now, because of that, we're going to vacate the title. And these four ladies have qualifying matches on TV, I believe, to set this up right away here uh ember moon hits a really nice power bomb on nikki on the floor peyton royce locks in the tarantula or i remember they were calling her the venus flytrap at this point in time billy k walking out to the entrance of her and then saying you know just stopping on the hey you know this is your moment this is your thing i'm proud of you kind of stuff blah 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 why did they break up the iconics my goodness they were so good uh there was a really wicked tower of doom spot here we had, you know, Nikki hitting that cross cutter, that fisherman's neck breaker that Elias also uses. The insane elbow on Ember Moon. That's not enough to put her away. This great contest. All these ladies just putting out their all until finally at the end, Ember Moon comes off the top rope and hits a double eclipse. I believe it was on like uh, Peyton and Kyrie, maybe Peyton and Kyrie or Peyton and Nikki. And new champion ember moon who's about to begin a historic title reign of her own well up until she runs into Shayna baszler and absolutely fantastic women's match here i loved it uh ko is shown in the crowd here he's wearing an undisputed era shirt which would be ironic in two years time and then samoa joe in the crowd looking like a, a mob boss with that hat and suit NXT Championship, Andrade Cien Almas versus champion Drew McIntyre. Now I'm reminded that this is the match where Drew tore his bicep on the on a going outside of the ring spot. You can see where it happens, and I I believe they probably called an audible on this match. I don't think that Andrade was supposed to go over, but he did. But hey, good for him. It was great for his career. And Zelina Vega is here and well, you know, no longer with the company. Hate to say it, but she breached her contract. You can't do that. It sucks, you know, because I, I loved Zelina. She was a great character on TV, but, you know, say what you will about unions and um, extra revenue through Cameo and Twitch and all that stuff. Say what you will about that, but, you know, she broke the rules. The rules suck. It sucks. She's awesome. She'll land on her feet somewhere. Uh, maybe in... Maybe in like Impact or, you know, everyone goes to AEW. So let's just see her cut, be another person who cuts an anti-WWE promo in AEW. Like, like that's their crack. Anyways, there's a really, really good spot here. I freaking love bagpipes. I'm going to have to say that. Uh, it's unpopular, but there's a little bit of uh, English. In, I don't know if it's English or Scottish. On, on my mom's side, but there's a little bit of that in me, and I just love the bagpipes. Like, my um, my dorm in college, like, my window, lower floor, Weidman Hall, Emanuel Bible College, Kitchener, Ontario, was facing uh, a cemetery. You know, <laughs> it was kind of odd that uh, the same block, we had our college, uh, a senior's home, which was sponsored by the college, and a cemetery in like the back of the seniors' home, so I would always hear funerals going on from my dorm. I would always hear bagpipes. You know, I love a good bagpipe, Amazing Grace. You know, I'm that guy. The bagpipes with Drew's theme here, which is a little different than his current roster theme. 
Of course, it doesn't have the shink friggin' Link taking the Master Sword out of the pedestal in the Temple of Time sound effect. But anyways here, El Idolo and Drew just have a great back and forth match. Drew doing a kip up of a man his size is always impressive no matter what. And then some dickhole starts a 3MB chant in the crowd that immediately gets booed. It's like, 3MB, no, no. No, 3MB is that, you know, Drew, this is where Drew kind of maybe lost a little bit of his steam. I know his personal life was kind of spiraling out of control around the time 3MB was a thing. If you watch it, watch his 24, his Chronicle, whatever is on the network, it's really freaking good. Uh, there's a really nice Tornado Reverse DDT by CN. That Reverse Alabama Slam where, where freaking uh, Drew just takes him by the legs and drops the guy right on his face. It's just awesome. And Bob Holly is sitting there like, son of a bitch, I should have done it like that. Future Shock DDT, that's not enough to put them away. Uh, there's a distraction spot here on the outside of the ring, allowing Vega to hit that spike, that spike her and Kanarana-ish spot on Drew, which is awesome. The the double, the underhook DDT, the hammerlock DDT, whatever that move's called, kick out. Claymore, foot on the rope. And then there was that and then there was that spot right there where you could see the bicep just go rip. And we see then elevated hammerlock DDT. Andrade Cien Almas is your new NXT champion. That that match. That was fire. And now finally, the main event. Okay, I know you did that this week on the podcast. I couldn't resist. I kind of planned on putting in some William Regal stuff here. So yes, the main event of NXT War Games, or NXT Houston as it was called, uh, 2017, is the War Games match between Sanity, Undisputed Era, and the team of the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Yes, this was Roddy Strong pre-UE, despite the fact that for months, uh, Adam Cole had been trying to recruit Roddy Strong to the group, but Roddy kept declining and even laying Cole out on a few occasions. And this is just great foreshadowing and great booking because about five months after this, Roddy would turn his back on Pete Dunne in, I believe it was the finals of the Dusty Cup, unless it was them two that won the Dusty Cup and then went for, nope, it's for the titles. And I think the titles and the cup, something. Anyways, brrr. Yeah, great foreshadowing because Roddy will be joining the group not long after this. And Paul Ellering, who was managing the AOP. Oh, man, remember that. You know, former manager of the Road Warriors. Both passed on. Rest in peace, Hawk and Animal. And yes, Paul Ellering was in the first War Games match. I believe it was 86-87. Yeah, the first one was uh, NWA The Great American Bash Tour Night 4, July 4th, 1987. You know, the Road Warriors... Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering defeating the Four Horsemen. Uh, I believe the, the first one on pay-per-view wasn't until a little bit later. Yes, the first one that took place on pay-per-view was uh, Great American Bash 1989. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, The Road Warriors, Bobby Eaton, and Stan Lane. Oh, the Midnight Express. Going up against Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy of the Freebirds, and, huh, the Head Shrinkers, the Samoan SWAT team, Fatu and Samu. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, that's some fascinating stuff here. Wargames matches are awesome. I'm going to go back and watch uh, some old ones, perhaps, uh, in the near future. So this had three teams of two, kind of a different way of doing it. I think WCW had had this in like 98 where it was the four horsemen versus the wolf pack versus nwo hollywood i think it was something like that but man we had the two rings three teams of three uh dustin and arn are in the are in the crowd here arn anderson having been in 18 war games matches and i didn't think there was that many but i was just scrolling through the history of of the match and you know, it go, well, goes back to 87, but most of them took place on, like, house show loops or 
or maybe even the odd special, like a, maybe a Clash of Champions, I can't remember. But th these were released, I believe, on the network, or at least on DVD. But it has a history. 18 matches. And I look at Sanity and think, man, oh, man, what could have been? Yeah, Eric Young, Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf. I mean, they're all doing well from themselves in different brands right now, but holy crap. So, Roddy Strong, Adam Cole, and Eric Young all start because, you know, they're the vets. Roddy and, uh, Roddy and Adam, they can just carry the cardio here, and then uh, Eric Young can just start doing all the wacky spots. We see uh, Bobby Fish next. Actually, no, Red Dragon come out next. You know, Fish and O'Reilly. Red Dragon, the former Ring of Honor and, and uh, New Japan Tag Team Champions. AOP come out next, and then Dane and Wolf. And as uh, Dane is making his way into the ring, he throws all the panda bebe into the cage, the trash can, the kendo sticks. Fans start chanting for tables. Tables, sorry, the hole in my mouth is still there. <laughs> yeah, and he obliges throwing tables in the ring and all that, so we're going to set, set this up. And then he locks the door and eats the key. And yeah, and Killian Dane tweeted out uh, his x-ray. I don't know if this was actually shoot or he put it in his beard and made it look like he swallowed it. But man, I don't want to... It's like, you know, how are you going to pass that? It's like, you know, are you, is this a rib? Or is someone going to have to, you know, sift through uh, the feces of a 300-pound monster? No, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, Killian eats the key. He tweets out his x-ray after the fact and he's like yeah maybe this was a mistake or something along those lines and then one ring to the next there was something i found notable here uh during the intros of the first three guys uh adam cole went into the the second ring all to himself to you know adam cole baby Oh, I miss crowds here and alexander wolf seemed to found uh big boss man's nightstick which was probably hanging around somewhere in storage. Dane gets all the weapons, all the plunder, baby. The tables, we oblige. There's a wicked, a German suplex here by a German. Suplexception. That, of course, is your suplex of the month club there, Mr. Griswold. A, a wicked spot here where Killian Dane hits a senton on one guy and drop kicks the other. Dane, crossbody, and he may have trimmed down just a wee bit here, but for a big lad there, maybe 300 pounds, He's pretty agile. You know, he reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, of Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, him and Bronson Reed. Did that match happen? Killing Dane and Bronson Reed? Anyways, I want to speak that into existence and make that happen because that would just be awesome here. Uh, and there's a spot here where Dane and I believe it was Akam or Razor. I can't tell the difference. Uh, they both have two people in their hands and they look at each other kind of like, uh, you know, you want to go? You want to go? Okay, so we're both going to double Simone drop two guys at the same time and just yeet them over our shoulders. Wicked spot here. And, you know, Fish and O'Reilly hit the, the chasing a dragon. I love that. Like, that brain buster kick to the head finisher is just so darn good. There's a cross arm breaker with a chain. And then out of nowhere, like an RKO, right into, right into the camera's view here, uh, Eric Young hits an elbow up the top rope. Fitch hits a really wicked moonsault, and then the AOP hit the Super Collider. Eric Young with the Death Valley Driver. All the finishers coming up. Everyone's hitting L1. End of heartache. And Roddy here is uh, going backbreaker wild here. You get a backbreaker, and you get a backbreaker. Everyone gets a backbreaker. And an Olympic slam. And then there is uh, use of the table here. Cole gets in between two of the rings in, in the two corners. Uh, Roddy and, uh, I think it's like Roddy and Eric Young are on the opposing sides doing stuff. Uh, Adam Cole is just knelt, sitting in between them both in the cage here, probably doing an Adam Cole baby. There is a double Tower of Doom spot taking place in between Cole, and then he just sits there and goes, Adam Cole baby! And then Cole tries to leave, but if you try to leave, a war games match you forfeit the match for your team no and then uh alexander wolf with a super german suplex by a super german suplexception suplex of the month club <laughs> aop uh there's a neck breaker from the top rope by eric young cole is left standing on top of the cage does another adam cole baby killian dane 
hits a Van Terminator, a coast-to-coast -coast to Kyle O'Reilly with the trash can. So obviously Killian Dane is a big fan of WrestleMania X7. Review of that coming in the new year for, for the 20-ball salute. Rod and Cole are on the top. There's a superplex here. Holy shnikes. A last chapter on the partition between the two rings, which is just, you know, this, this deal in between there. At that same spot where Velveteen hit a... No, Velveteen got hit with uh, Tommaso DDT in his title match at 2018's. Wolf is busted open. There is just finishers everywhere. And then finally... EY has a chair in his hand, and Adam Cole, baby, hits the last shot with the chair into the face of EY to win the War Games match. Whew, man, that was one heck of a show. I'm looking forward to Sunday's show. It's going to be so, so freaking good. Now I'm going to take a quick little commercial break here, refresh my drink, get my notes set for my Fave 5. What is Fave 5? Find out after the break. And welcome back, folks. It is now time for Fretz's Fave 5. And this week, I'm going to be going over my Fave 5 Christmas movies. Yes, this week's list is not wrestling-related. <laughs> I'll tell you why here in a little bit. So I'm going to give you my Fave 5 movies. I'm not going to do, like, you know, made-for-TV specials like... Uh, the Muppets Christmas Special, which featured the Fraggles, Sesame Street, and Muppets. It won't be things like Mickey's Christmas Carol, which would top the list. Garfield's would be somewhere up there as well. This is simply movies. So, without further ado, my number five pick is Bad Santa. You know, with Billy Bob Thornton, Bernie Mac, John Ritter, Lauren Graham. Uh, this, you know, the mall Santa. You know, the drunken mall Santa that gets befriended by this uh, weird slow kid you know begins dating his mom and you know and billy bob thornton the bad mall santa drunken guy he's known for being a bit of a <clears throat> promiscuous guy i was gonna say something else but decided against it but yeah th this was one of my top ones i haven't revisited it in recent years but i've always just had a love for this movie i think because it was just so twisted and so Almost not a Christmas movie, but it is and because, well, it's a Santa. I haven't seen Bad Santa 2. I don't know if I want to. I like Kathy Bates, but, and just in, in that crummy old mother role. And, and I think the Santa as well is a bit of a swindler or he's a robber or something. He's homeless. I, I forget the entire premise of it, but I always remember it being in my top five here as well. Number four. This was a real tough, tough choice here, but Muppets Christmas Carol. You know, this, of course, had Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge and the entire cast of Muppets as figures in the Charles Dickens classic with people being... But I think Bob Cratchit was uh, Kermit. No. The great Gonzo playing Charles Dickens and the narrator... Uh, Statler being Jacob Marley, uh, the a ghost of Christmas present, all, all these people. Miss Piggy as Emily Cratchit. All of these just wacky, wacky characters as, well, as characters from the Charles Dickens classic. A whole bunch of musical numbers in this as well. Uh, the ghost of Christmas, Christmas present was just an original character, but the rest of the Muppets managed to fit in here Rizzo the rat was a co-narrator Beaker as a charity collector uh Bean Bunny as just a random boy uh Statler and Waldorf and here Sam Eagle playing a schoolmaster because of course Sam Eagle would do that Animal was just an entertainer at the Fuzzy Wig party Peter Cratchit an original character my gosh the Swedish chef as the party cook of course god man I, I watch this every year. This is one of many movies I watch every year. I might even watch it tonight if I get bored. But yeah, it's just fantastic. Had it not been for Mickey's Christmas Carol, it would be my favorite adaptation of the Charles Dickens classic. But Mickey's Christmas Carol just nails everything. It's not a movie. At least in my mind, it's not a full feature-length movie. It's about a, what a 
30 40 minute special that airs on disney every year or if you have disney plus like i do and share it with like six other people it's it's another must watch muppets christmas carol bang on i love it number three is actually two movies you can probably guess at what it is but just uh, just play me off here Yeah, thank you, August Burns Red, for making Christmas albums awesome. <laughs> yes, this, is, of course, is the theme song to Home Alone. Well, I'm counting the first two because they're the ones with Macaulay Culkin, also featuring Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, who I've just been watching in Shit's Creek, which is freaking hilarious. And, you know, John Candy makes an appearance in the first one. I mean, if you know Home Alone, I don't need to explain the premise, right? The McAllisters go to Paris, which, how the frig does a guy like Peter McAllister afford a vacation to Paris for like 20 people? I want to know what that guy did for a living, right? <laughs> yeah, this is a movie I have loved ever since I was a kid. I mean, Macaulay Culkin's the same age as my brother. Uh, happy 40th birthday, Dave. Um, and, yeah, I don't know why, it's just so funny, it's, it's your, it's your classic, uh, schmaltzy, you know, John Williams, uh, John Williams music, John Hughes director, family movie, it's classic, it's an every year watch as well, all the hijinks and all the injuries and, you know, I'm home alone, and there's these two burglars after me. You know, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And, my goodness, the second one... The, the freaking second one. Tim Curry as the hotel clerk. Tim Curry makes everything better. Everything. Yeah, everything is in. Tim Curry shines. Yeah, we can ignore the obvious... You know, the cameo by a former president in the first, second one, I mean. This is a movie I just hold so dear because it's been a, a favorite since I was a kid. And I love how there was this one Cinema Sins or something person that broke down. I remember I saw this breakdown of like, the injuries that Harry and Marv would have hypothetically sustained, uh, Kevin McAllister would have essentially murdered them in real life. Like, their, their skull would be caved in as a result of the, like, that paint can part, or the iron, which I've, I've burnt myself in an iron before when I was, like, five, and that hurts like a bitch. I mean, that would leave a third-degree burn if it would press on your face for too long. Uh, the, the friggin' gasoline and the toilet fire spot, yeah... You'd get, you'd get burnt there. Any, I can't say enough good things about Home Alone. Number two and one were really hard to pick apart. But my number two favorite Christmas movie, to some people it's debatable on to whether it's actually a Christmas movie. And it is. I'm dying on this hill. Of course, it's Die Hard. Pun absolutely intended. Oh, Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Nakatomi Plaza has been taken hostage by by terrorists and you know john mcclain who's there to see his divorced wife is here to save the day uh bonnie bedelia in this movie as well and the, the the dad from family matters as a police officer reginald Vell johnson as al powell yeah and i find it kind of funny that reginald also played a cop in family matters as well it it, it fit him perfectly like alan rickman as, as Hans Gruber. Uh, I, I forgot that Alan Rickman's no longer with us. I mean, just devastated. Was he... I didn't watch Harry Potter, so Kay Murphy, this, I think you're, you're our resident uh, Potter head. <clears throat> I'm sorry, pun intended. You can correct me on which character that he played, Snape. Uh, I never watched the Harry Potter movies. I'm sorry. This might get me in deep doo-doo, but I'm sorry. But yeah, as I said, Alan Rickham, he makes everything great. He plays a great heel. I think he played, like, actual Satan in Dogma. You know, that uh, Jay and Silent Bob movie meets Catholicism, which is just a damn fine watch. A <laughs> kind of funny, satirical 
piece of religion. Yeah, you'd figure a Christian would take offense to movies like Dogma, but and I'm reminded it's just entertainment. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Anyways, yeah, Die Hard, which is totally a Christmas movie. I'm dying on that hill. Yes, pun intended. I said it again, but man, this movie was just so darn good with all of the quotable things like, you know, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, and ho, 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 I have a tummy gun. Oh, no, ho, 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 I have a machine gun. Uh, the second one also takes place at Christmas time, also making it a Christmas movie. I haven't seen Die Hard 2. I haven't seen the rest of them, but I love that this movie featured, you know, remixes of of classics, of Christmas songs. Like, if you featured Rum DMC, Christmas and Hollis, I'm going to give you a shout out because that song's a banger. That's, like, in my mind, that's real rap. That's back when rap was good. Uh, my goodness. <laughs> good, good stuff here. Uh, you had that awesome remix of Ode to Joy, which I meant to attach to this episode, but I I did not. I love that version of Ode to Joy. I, that iconic piece of, you know, of friggin' Hans falling from Makotomi Plaza to his death. And, you know, you seemingly have things being made up between Bruce Willis and Bonnie Bedelia. Yay! Uh, the, the, and the, buddy, the bloody guy that played the, the limo driver as well, he was abso, absolutely fantastic. I'm just looking for... Uh, Devereaux White... Yeah, Argyle, the limousine driver. Reminds me a little bit of Leon Rush. Uh, yeah, Leo Rush, that's his name. I, I, I've mixed up Leon Ruff and Leo Rush. Holy crap, I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> that's what I get for having a, a Bud Light during this uh, during this recording session. And in case you can't tell, I mean, by the episode title of this alone, my number one favorite Christmas movie is, of course... I'd have to start spouting off the cast because you're going to get it now. Randy Quaid, Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Johnny Galecki, a.k.a. Leonard Hofstadter, Juliet Lewis, <laughs> Diane Ladd, Doris Roberts, you know, the Everybody Loves Raymond Mother. Yeah, National Lampoon's, Christmas, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Holy crap, I couldn't say that. 1989. Holy crap, this came out in 1989? Another John Hughes movie here. Kind of schmaltzy, but man, Christmas Vacation is a classic. I watch it every year at least twice. I might even watch it when I'm done here. You know, Clark Griswold, family vacation with his entire family. Holy crap, I'm going to miss that this year. <laughs> Although I really don't. I just go hang out with my brother, sister-in-law, and his kids. So there we go. Because <laughs> I work for him too, right? Anyways, yeah, you see the whole hijinks between this, between the Griswold family and cutting down the big Christmas tree, the cat, the turkey, Randy Quaid as everyone's weird uncle, which, oh gosh, I'm the weird uncle. Oh boy. Yeah, you know, shitter's full. Cousin Eddie, yeah. This is a classic. It's one of the funniest Christmas movies ever. Yeah, funnier than Bad Santa. Because it's not quite as filthy as Bad Santa. Because that, that movie, you know, number five. But holy lord, that's a filthy movie. <laughs> not a Christmas classic to watch with the kids. That's for damn sure. But yeah, I just... And it's so heartwarming as well. Because you have... Him just trying to be a good dad, trying to come together for his family, be, you know, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. The Christmas lights. I mean, I forgot the fact that this has Julie Louise Dreyfus. Around the same time, she was starting to play Elaine Bennett on Seinfeld. I don't... I don't know, Margot! <sighs> yeah... The Christmas light part, where like all the lights that could look like you could see it from freaking space. Yeah, that's just it. It warms uh, the cockles of my heart. <laughs> 
I meant to say cockles, but you know what I was going for. Yeah, so that there is my Fave 5 Christmas movies. Decided to switch it up this week just because, well, I'm going to let you know my schedule for the month of December. 12th and 19th of this month, you will get Fretz's Fave 5 Fretzelmania as scheduled. You will get my review of uh, TakeOver Wargames from this past week. I'll probably talk about what was on TV those weeks as well. But my Fave 5 for the 12th and the 19th will break down my top 10 matches of 2020. Yes, I know 2020 is not over yet. And I thought that maybe I'd wait until after War Games just to see if any match on there would crack my list. I have a whole list of matches I like from this year and I'm going to break them down from 10 to 1 in a two-part special. But 26, which up here in Canada is Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. I believe uh, Boxing Day is also a thing in the UK. Jermaine, you can let me know if that's right. It, it has a history that you can look up, but, you know, the 26th is uh, Saturday everywhere else. But uh, the week that week, you know, and we have Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. I'm not going to be recording any content. I will not be recording any new content, I mean. So instead, on December 26th, on my usual Saturday morning feed, you'll be getting a Patreon-exclusive show for free. Yes, you will be getting December's 20 Bell Salute, my 20-year look back on pop culture and wrestling, in place of a new Fretzelmania podcast. I will probably have it recorded later today or maybe sometime next week, but it will be up and ready before, before that and ready for everyone to listen to on December 26. And the 20 Bell Salute, well, it's going to have Armageddon 2000, the six-person Hell in the Cell match, uh, I believe it's the last Starcade, like actual Starcade. I mean, not that network special that was at a house show. And I got a few movies, but you're just going to have to f find out what my movies are going to be for that. December 2000 was pretty light in movies, so I'm going to have to have to uh, look at a couple of things, maybe bring up some other releases. But yeah, it, this Fave 5 is just a little taste of the kind of things you would expect from the 20 Bell Salute, you know, I talk about movies, TV shows, so I'll probably bring up some Simpsons episodes, Futurama's Christmas if it's applicable. Uh, talk about the music that was released that month, uh, what else was going on in wrestling, like movies, music, TV shows, what video games came out. You know, the PS2 had just launched, I think, in Japan in December 2000, so there's going to be some games there. For November's 20 Bell Salute, which if you're a Patreon member, please go back and listen to it. I talked at length about my love for WWF No Mercy for 64 and SmackDown 2 No Your Roll for the PS1. Might bring in a little bit of that. Hey, and maybe some Christmas memories of the year 2000. If any of you have Christmas memories of the year 2000, you can let me know. You can send me a voicemail at anchor.fm slash fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E. Mania, or hey, what are your favorite Christmas movies? You can, again, tweet me. You can uh, interact in the Patreon group chat with, with that as well. And last but not least, I have my Game Changer of the Week. And I know I said that the first time around I wouldn't name it, name it after the man it's inspired by. But... I mean, for the first time, I mean, for the first version of it. But this week's Game Changer of the Week is, of course, going to the Game Changer himself, my good friend, Nate the effing great, Nathan Grundman. Uh, what more can I say about him is that he's been an absolute supportive person in the wrestling community. He's a beacon of posit positivity, the paladin of positivity, if you will, and I just remember when him and I were, were both listeners of Russell Attic Radio, just shooting stuff back and forth, doing the odd fantasy bookings and fan videos for people. And I miss having him on here a lot. You know, I'm thankful that he gave me the blessing to take take over his uh, Saturday slot. And you know, he's just such an absolute gentleman. This morning, uh, Nate sent me a video. He's doing these uh, 12 days of cameos, like a Christmas cameo special where he just shouts someone out. And this morning, he gave that to me. And, you know, quite frankly, I needed it. I needed it this morning. Uh, the day I'm recording this, uh, Thursday, December 3rd, 2020, 
December 3rd is a really hard day for me. I'm just going to briefly say here. Um, four years ago tonight, one of my best friends, his name was Mark Dakin. He was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. A drunk driver, you know, hit his car. Um, it really, really shook me. You know, because Mark was one of my best friends. the One of the kindest, most gentle dudes I've ever met in my entire life. And yeah, it did. I needed a good pick-me-up this morning. So folks, wherever... However, you're celebrating the holidays this year. For the love of God, do not drink and drive or smoke pot and drive, do drugs and drive. Do not drive under the influence, please. I'm, I'm begging you here, folks, as a, as a friend. I don't want to bury another one because of it, okay? So, yes, Nate... Love you, brother. Uh, him and I are recording uh, for the Game Changer podcast on Spreaker.com, YouTube. Uh, I believe he is now on Anchor. So you can look out for that. Him and I are going to be talking about AEW and the craziness that came out of last night's episode. Uh, I've been wanting to collab with him for a little while now. So, Nate, you're going to hear this. We've already would have done it, but you're my Game Changer of the week, buddy. Uh, your check's coming in the mail. <laughs> So that has been it for this one, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Follow us on addict underscore wrestle across the social media platforms. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything else. Listen to us on all of the podcasting platforms. Uh, buy our merch on Teespring. 15% off, War 15 over for everybody, not just Patreons. And listen to us. Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. TTFN, ta-ta for now, peeps. Love yous all.